Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Just want to welcome everybody, especially those of you that are with us online and, of course, to our Bury St. Edmunds campus who are watching and involved with us. Come on, let's give a welcome to Bury St. Edmunds. Everyone all over the globe that might be looking. Hey, we're in the middle of a series which is called Supernatural, the Holy Spirit and you. We're about week five, is it? Week six in. And the subject matter today that I'm going to be addressing is the gifts of the Holy Spirit or spiritual gifts. And here is where we're heading. So I'm going to tell you right at the outset where I want to be at the end, where I want you to be at the end, okay? I want, by the time here in Cambridge you walk out of this room, you guys in Bury St. Edmunds, when you walk out of the apex, anyone who's watching online, when you put your computer down or whether you switch off your phone, however you're watching, I want you to be walking out of the room saying this in your head. I am going to use my spiritual gift. Hello? That's what I want every one of you to know. Let's practice saying it. Barry, you must practice this as well. Say it out loud. Join in with me. Say, I am going to use my spiritual gift. Ready? I am going to use my spiritual gift. Now, it could be gifts. I'll acknowledge that. But that's what I want by the end of today. Now, for some of you, to make that statement, it's nothing new. You know your spiritual gift or gifts, and you are using them. Well done. Round of applause for everyone who's in that that place. So you're there. Some of you are in this place, though. You'll be saying to yourself, I haven't got a spiritual gift. I haven't got anything to offer. And you suffer from imposter mode in all kinds of different circumstances. You think, that's not me. Others of you... You are gifted, and you know it, but you just don't know where to use it. Well, I hope after today's message, in 35 minutes or so, you'll be walking out with a faith declaration going through your mind. You may even say to other people, I am going to use my spiritual gift. And maybe you'll know where as well. I want to read two passages of Scripture really quickly. They're quite long, but they're in your version notes These are the two main passages. There are others that I'll allude to, but the two main passages on spiritual gifts are found in 1 Corinthians 12 and and then Romans 12 as well. So 12 to 14 in 1 Corinthians, to be honest. But I'm just going to read the first part of that from the NIV, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed, or the older version says ignorance. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now... To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, 
There is given to the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. And all these are work, the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. And then let's jump to Romans Chapter 12, if you're following in your outline notes, you'll see this on the Version app. Romans 12, 3 to 8. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has given, according with the uh, faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ... We too many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Here's the first thing. I want to say about spiritual gifts and you. Now get this, because the series is called Supernatural, and this is supernatural. You ready? Every follower of Jesus Christ has and receives a spiritual gift. Supernaturally. Every, come on, I need more feedback in this room. Come on, I know it's windy outside, but it's not in here. All right? Every one of you, if you're a Christ follower, very same, online the same, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a spiritual gift. Everyone who is born again, and remember we discussed a few weeks ago, if not, go back and listen to it. It's one of my best messages ever. Um, if you, he says humbly, go back and listen. To be born again, the normal Christian birth is you repent, you believe, you're baptized. What a beautiful baptism video we showed today. If you're not baptized, you need to be. And then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's normality as far as the New Testament is, is concerned. And as soon as that happens... You receive a spiritual gift, at least one. That's not related to your education. You may have done a PGCE and be a qualified teacher. You may have done a B.Ed. and be a qualified teacher. That might be your day job. But God doesn't look at you and say, because you've done a PGCE, because you've done a B.Ed. and you're a teacher, then hey, I'm going to give you the gift of teaching. He might do. That's his prerogative. But it's not related to your education or your natural abilities. This is spiritual. God gives everyone a spiritual gift. You may be an accountant. So you're good with facts and figures. Hey, cheer for accountants. But you might be the worst person possible to have on the finance committee. Get that accountant off. If they're not supposed to be there, and if they don't have some gift and faith, just because they're an accountant doesn't mean... I've known some treasurers who were the last person you should have had as a treasurer in the church. I've also known some great accountants like we have in this church who are on our finance board, and they're right to be there because it's not just related to their training. There's something of a measure of faith and gift that's there as well. Hear what the Bible says. This is verse 11 of chapter 12. It's the Holy Spirit who appoints to each one individually as he wills, as the Holy Spirit decides. 
That doesn't mean you can't ask for spiritual gifts. And because God is so good, he may give what you ask for. But he's also so good that he might not give what you ask for. Hello? Because you don't need that gift and he doesn't want you to have it because he's given it to someone else in the body and it's not for you. Now I've got to be honest with you here. I have looked at other people's spiritual gifts and coveted. Hello? Thankfully God forgives. You're all right. Coveting is sin, I know. Yeah, your pastor has sinned regularly to be honest. But I've looked at others and I've thought, why didn't you give me that gift, Lord? If you'd have given me that gift, I would not have used it like they are using it. I'd have used it properly. That's how humble I am. But let me just say this. It's as he wills. Don't question God. Know what your gift is and use it. We'll come on to that. But it's as he wills. And secondly, as someone once said, and I say this a lot in, in my life, comparison is the thief of all joy. While you're looking at someone else and the gift they've got, you're not using what you've got and you're miserable because you're not like them. Just be yourself. Just be yourself. God gave the gifts as he decided. In fact, one of the words that just came up in the 1 Corinthians passage, and if you read it in the ESV, English Standard Version, it says it beautifully. There's a word, a variety. He gives a variety of gifts. He gives a variety of services. He gives a, a variety. God's a God of variety, isn't he? Just look at creation. Just look at this room. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm glad I'm not like you. <laughs> Whoops, some husbands and wives really struggle then. Just be who you are with the gift God's given you. I don't know whether any of you know this. Barry, I don't know whether you know this. Some of you there, very new. I used to be in a, in a band. That was the desired effect. In my youth, I was in a band. It was called Peace. That was our signature song, or became our signature song. This is in the late 70s, early 80s. And our favorite band that we modeled ourselves on was a band called, well, a band, a duet, a duo called Malcolm and Alwyn. I think the guys have got a photograph here of the album. What are you laughing at? The album... <laughs> that changed my life. There it is. And there was a song they sang which was called Fool's Wisdom. It was a beautiful song. In fact, if you want to play it over the air, you can. Here it is. Ready? That's an auto-hop. That, that sound, it's an auto-hop. I don't think they do it again. Got myself some wisdom from, from a leather pack book. Got myself a savior when I took a second look. Mm. Okay, you can stop with that. All right. Thank you. I bought an auto harp. And any of you wondering what an auto harp is, I've got a photograph of an auto harp. What an incredible instrument. I've still got it somewhere, I think, in the loft. And we toured all around that place where they put all the coronavirus pe uh, um, people in this last week, uh, or the potentially in the Wirral. We used to sing that song. That was the first song we ever did. We copied it directly, everything. 
That's why I still know the words 400 years later. One day I'm going to get my friend here and we're going to sing that live for you. Well, actually, it just so happens. <laughs> no, no. We copied them in every way. The auto harp, 36 strings to have to tune every time we went out to a concert. We toured all around the world, Merseyside. But you know what? We were basically just trying to be them. I didn't, never grew a moustache like that, but we had long, longish hair, thick, thick hair. Wish I'd have brought a photo. Well, not really. I didn't want to reveal it. So one day, my friend Colin, he says, I've written some songs, you know, and we, we started to sing the songs that were the songs that we had. He wrote some. I wrote one or two. He, he wrote dozens. Great songs, I think, for their, their time. Bit Simon and Garfunkel-y. And we started to be our own people, use our own voice. You see, we were gifted, but whilst we tried to use our gift that was just like somebody else, it kind of fell flat. Oh, yeah, Malcolm and Alwyn sing that song, don't they? And do you know what the church has done so often with spiritual gifts? This is what I want to say to you. We see how someone operates in the spiritual gift, and we think, ah, that's how to do it. It might be. But it might be totally different for you. Even the way preaching sometimes is defined. You know, the hardest thing to do for any preacher is to find their own voice. Because as soon as you're copying someone else's voices, it doesn't seem to have the same authority. It's just to be you. Yes, it's to use the gift of communication that God has given you. But it's via you. It's not separate to you. A spiritual gift isn't that God somehow takes over you and you become an automaton. It's that you become more fully you through the use of the gift that God has given you. And someone else may prophesy like this. Someone else may prophesy like that. But you've got to be who you are and use the gift God has given to you. This is all I want to say. You are gifted. David was gifted to be a warrior in the army of Israel. But it never fitted him when he tried to put on Saul's armor. It just did not work. So you don't need to wear someone else's armor. God's giving you your own. Might be five stones and a sling, but you can use what's in your hand because God has given gifts to you uniquely. I think we need a round of applause for that. Come on, Barry. Come on, C3. Number two. Number two. Your gift is not for you. If you can grab hold of that one, your gift will go to a whole other dimension. Verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12 that we read said there, it's for the common good. Your gift is for the good of others, for the benefit of others. Picasso once said this, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. I like that. Yet I want you to find your gift, but your gift is not for you. Your gift is to be given away. There is a reason why the main chapters on spiritual gifts in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 12 through to 14, why right sandwiched in the middle of it, is the 1 Corinthians 13 passage. 
And we take that passage out sometimes and make it stand on its own, especially at weddings. That's okay, keep reading it at weddings. But it wasn't written for a wedding. It was written about spiritual gifts. Remember, the Bible didn't have, in the first iteration of it, first writing down of it, it never had the chapters and verses. They were put in a lot later. So sometimes if we're not careful, because it's convenient, and that's why they were put in originally, just for convenience of finding them so you can locate them, but they were never put in in chapters and verses. It was a letter that was written continuously, and if we take 1 Corinthians 13 out of 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, it doesn't give us the fuller sense. In fact, I think on the notes, if you can see it here, it's not like this in your outline notes, but on the screen, if we can put up 1 Corinthians 13 and... uh, 14, well, my my point was going to be this, or simply is this. The last verse and the first verse, the last verse of chapter 12 and the first verse of chapter 14 are all about spiritual gifts because it's a continuation of the flow of what gifts are about. And basically it's saying, if you haven't got love with your spiritual gifts, forget it. And love is never meant to be self-centered, right? Love, to be love, has always got to be other-centered. Now, these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the grace of these is love. That's the, the last part, but then it goes on to say this, verse chapter 14, and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That's what it puts there. Your gift will make room for you. The verse that's gone up there, I may as well use this, it's just gone up. It will make room for you, but it's in the context of love. If you love you'll best use the spiritual gifts. Did I hear an amen? Amen. Read it in that way. Individualism and self-fulfillment that our age encourages feeds into this. And I've grown tired of it. Really have. We know God is for the individual. But you know what God does when he saves an individual? He puts them in a body. You can't, anyone listening to the sound of my voice, Barry, or it's true online, or you guys here in Cambridge, you can't not be part of the body of Christ if you're a Christian. Because as soon as you are born again, you are, let's use the baptized word again, you are baptized into the body of Christ. You are the church. Church isn't what we come to, church is who we are. So as soon as you're saved, as soon as you're born again, you are in the church. Now, it's silly to say you're in the church and not connect to a local church because the New Testament knows nothing of that either. And the New Testament is what we look to for the normal. So it's silly to say, oh yeah, I'm part of the church, but never connect to a local church. You've still got to connect. Most people that do that and say they want to be part of a local church because they have a problem with authority or submission, which are words we don't like to use, but they're very biblical words that we need one another if we're to be all God intended for us. And that includes being in submission sometimes. But I've got tired, as I say, of people just being all about their gifts. Can I say, love and let your gift flow through that because it's for others. I met someone not in this church a while back and they went on and on about how gifted they were. And I was bored. I thought, it's all about you. Your gift may be great, but it's for the sake of the church. So I went away and I I wrote a poem just to try and get it out of me. It's called I'm Gifted, You Know. I I wrote this for myself, really, because it helps me in my thought processing. But this is what I wrote. I'm gifted, you know. I'm gifted, you know. You must make way for me. 
I've served with that teacher whose Bible did thump it, so I'm sure you won't mind if I blow my own trumpet. I've spoken to hundreds and thousands of people. The accolades stacked to form quite a steeple. I'm gifted, you know. My precious, it is. Of course, I can't do what you asked me to do, because I'm gifted, darling. Just get in the queue. I'm gifted, you know. I do my own thing, because body and odor and hidden bits too, it's not really me. I've got too much to do. No, I'm gifted, you know. My gift is what matters. Can't spend time with others. They're mad as those hatters. I'll find my own way. Thank you very much. I actually think you are quite out of touch, which is why you have limited my exposure so much. I'm gifted, you know. Turn to the person next to you and say, my gift is for your benefit. Hello? Remember, you've got a spiritual gift. My gift is for your benefit. This last week, something happened in my life that was bound to happen at some point. For the first time in my life, I lost a game of badminton to my daughter. The 30 years and three months that I've given away to her <laughs> finally caught up. Now, I do also want to tell you this. It was the best of four, and I won the next three. <laughs> I just thought I'd mention that. But as a consequence, because the first game I just held back, after that I thought, I'm not going to lose again. So I went for it. So as a consequence, I've now got a problem, which is a typical middle-aged badminton player's problem, with my Achilles tendon. It's killing me. Really sore. So we drove a long way yesterday. We drove to Bruges for a day, as you do. And it was killing me. It's better up here today, if I can walk and keep on it, than sitting down. It throbs. So, uh, do, do you feel a sympathy? Now, this, <laughs> this, is, this is my point, you heartless group. <laughs> when I was walking around early in the week, I went to visit Meg... In London, we went out for lunch, and she, she wanted to take me somewhere that was 10 minutes away, and I said, I don't, I don't want to go for 10 minutes away. And the reason I didn't want to go 10 minutes away because my Achilles tendon was killing me. So we went to a place, but I had to walk around anyway. I found this at the end of the day, and same today. My calf muscles are sore because I'm not walking right. Because my Achilles tendon is not acting as it should be, I'm more stiff on my leg and kind of limping, did you notice, did, did I mention I've got a problem with my Achilles tendon, and it's really hurting, and so muscles in my calf, and my back started to hurt, <laughs> come on, I'm laying this on thick, move on, <laughs> this is my point, because one part of my body is not functioning as it should do, it affects the rest, you hear that? And you, with your spiritual gift, don't think it was just that I'm not using it. We're all suffering. There's parts of us that are hurting because you're not using your spiritual gift. And God's put you in a body and put you together. 
and you're just, well, I'll just watch the rest of the body do it. No, 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 the eyes are still connected to the head and it's supposed to be connected to the whole. So we don't want to suffer, do we? You've heard about my suffering and you all feel sorry for me. We don't want this body to suffer. We don't want that body to suffer. Whatever local church you're listening to, Barry, we don't want you to suffer. We want you all to play your part. God has given us all different gifts in order that we might be all we're meant to be together. Number three, final one. There are many gifts. Did you hear the list I read in 1 Corinthians 12? I'm not going to go through them, but did you hear the list I read in Romans 12? There are many gifts. In 1 Peter chapter 4, he basically takes them, this is what he says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Notice that, it's for others. As faithful stewards of the grace of God in its various forms. And then he just, he just puts two broad headings about spiritual gifts. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. Or if anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides. So two big headings under which all spiritual gifts come. Speaking and serving. If we were to go down all the passages in the New Testament, which I've put again in your notes, you'd find that there are about 22 that are listed, including Ephesians chapter 4, including 1 Corinthians 12, including Romans 12, including 1 Corinthians 7, which in your notes says uh, 1 Corinthians 7 verse 1. I should have put 1 to 7 because verse 1 is just about uh, abstaining from sex. But the point of that is 1 Corinthians 7, verse 7, there is a gift of celibacy or there's a gift of marriage. It talks about them as gifts, so I'm just using the same word. So there are about 22. There are gifts. They come on the screen there. Good. Do you think that's an exhaustive list? Is that all there is? I've got to find one of them and say, oh, I've got one of them. Here's they are just illustrative lists. This is just the apostle. How do we know that? Because none of the lists are the same. They're actually different. There's some crossover, especially when it comes to prophecy. But most of the gifts are mentioned either individually. They're not an exhaustive list. This is an illustrative list. Paul's just thinking of ones on the top of his head as he's writing them down. And they can come with the great big headings. So there are gifts that are not mentioned in the Bible. I honestly believe this. But you're gifted in it. And we should thank God for that. Do you know one of the gifts that isn't mentioned in the New Testament? Is these guys. Musicians. They're not mentioned. But what a difference it makes when you've got a gifted musician that I believe is a spiritual gift than the likes of me. In the church which I used to lead, we used to lead in the Wirral, we had a guy called Clive who was a music teacher. Clive was an accomplished musician in natural terms. He used to give piano lessons. He was grade eight and plus. He did a music degree. And sometimes Clive would play, play the piano. We had a Beckstein grand piano that had been given to us by another church. It was a beautiful piano and he loved to play it. In fact, I loved to play it. I used to go in on my own and just play on the Beckstein. And when, it, when Clive was teaching a song or was singing it on a Sunday, he'd often do this. He'd stop us in the middle of worship and he'd say, you missed the point and the beat when you were supposed to come in. Let's do it again. Plonkety, 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 plonk. Boom. And then he'd start all the songs with one note so we could all get the key. 
You know what? He was the only guy we had at the time in the church who could play the piano. So we used him. But boy, did I pray that God would give us something else. <laughs> you need to hear this. He, he was naturally, he'd worked at it, but he wasn't gifted. He did not have the spiritual gift of leading worship. He was rubbish. And there was one of the guys, David. And David was one of the other pastor's sons. And one day, David sat down. I think he was a teenager at this point. And he played the piano. And we all stood there gobsmacked, as it says in the Greek. Because he played it perfectly. We said, when did you learn? He said, I didn't. I just heard it. And I sat down. Now, don't get me wrong. You can do all the lessons and still have a spiritual gift with it if God decides. But this guy had never done a lesson in his life. And we said to Clive, Clive, would you like a rest? Because <laughs> sometimes we get precious about our areas. And if someone is better at doing it, we should just move over for the sake of the whole. It's not my area, my precious. It's for the good of the whole. So David, who also we found out was a great drummer as well, all naturally, he took over on the keys. And we had beautiful time. He could flow and he could hear a song and play it. Why? Because he had a spiritual gift. So it might not be in the list, but it's there, guys. And some of the spheres that you're meant to Use your spiritual gift in. It's always going to be for the glory of God. And it's always going to be to build up the church. But it might go outside of here as well. So that you have a gift of communication. You might use it here, but you might use it in the workplace as well. In fact, it might be a place where you shine. Because God's given you the gift. It says this. It's not talking about spiritual gifts. So let's get it exegetically correct. But you know the verse? The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. It's actually about a promise to Israel. It's not about spiritual gifts. But I'm going to use it about spiritual gifts. Because I honestly believe this. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. He doesn't take them away. That's why sometimes you get some of these healing evangelists. And in the back room they're doing some awful things. Or some. I know one man. He was an alcoholic. And he'd drink alcohol before he came on, on stage. But he came on stage and God sobered him up in a moment. And he still moved in the gifts of word and knowledge and healing. And we're all looking at thinking, why? Because the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. Now, don't get me wrong. As soon as that should be found out, take him off. Get him clean. But the gift's still in him. The gift's still in him. Because character does matter. So my point to you today is you are gifted. You've got a gift. It may not look like the list that you see, but you are gifted. And I want to finish just by praying. I'm going to pray as well for you, Barry, and those online. Then we're going to worship God. But I want you to have going in your mind as a worshiping God. I'm going to walk out of here and I'm going to use my gift because I am gifted. God has called me and it might not look like others, but I'm going to be me. So let's pray and then we'll finish and I'll hand over to the location pastors. Father, Thank you for your spirit's power. Thank you that this is supernatural. This is not what we've learned, but what you've given. Help us to discover our gifts. Help us to use them for your glory. And help us to grow them for the sake of your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to hand over to your location, pastors. The rest of us here, would we just stand, please?
Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.